Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. You can subscribe to this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, just like all of the programs here on the network. We've got you covered for every team in the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA. We've got college teams covered here. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. And Matt, we've got to talk Pro Bowl, maybe some snubs. Who stands out there? Uh, we've got a Twitter Thursday, some questions to get to. But the big news of the day today, another axe has fallen, and it is the executive vice president, I believe is his title, the GM of the Jaguars, just as some uh, MLBPA or uh, NFLPA, the players' union, coming down on the Jaguars pretty hard this week. And it was almost as if the Jaguars had no choice but to make some structural front office changes there with uh, with the bad press that's going on. And, I mean, you can't have the entire league against you and, the, and all of the players like, no, don't ever go to this place. Right. I mean, it's amazing it's gotten to that point. I want to dig into these player grievances a little bit more. The, the, I just kind of saw the headlines and don't know exactly what's going on there. But let's talk football here. I mean, I I thought there was a chance that they would just give Coughlin everything. You know, like, go back to coaching. It's your team. You've built this thing. Take a year or two and see if you can just be the guy and just totally control it. But I think the right move is, and the other shoe's going to drop, that they're going to totally just blow this whole thing up and start from scratch. Right. Uh, I mean, could they be not in Jacksonville in a few years? I mean, if anybody's going to move, it seems like this team or – could they force ownership change? I mean, it's not a very pleasant destination for free agents or anyone. Right. It's not like people were fighting to get to Jacksonville, I don't think, in the first place. Right. And that's not a great place to be. The London Jaguars, I don't know if they're going to go that far, but there is potential. The werewolves some... of London. <laughs> right. there. I mean, there's some potential for some movement here. Um, but just as far as the team goes now and a team on the way down, I think Coughlin obviously – he was coaching or he was managing this thing as if he was a young head coach in the way things were a long time ago. And basically mm-hmm. it, it the politics of the sport has passed him by so much and you could tell that he's out of his element if if multiple players are winning grievances against your team and the unions coming out to say, be careful of this front office and this organization entirely because they're doing stuff that is completely against the rules. And it's one thing to be hard and be a hard-nosed guy and want to run a tough show and a tight ship, but you're going against the rules of the sport. That's another thing entirely, and Coughlin seemed to not really <laughs> care too much. And maybe that's the owner, <laughs> right. Shad Khan, kind of, you know, maybe using him as a scapegoat. And it's just not a good situation all around, and the roster's not great in Jacksonville anymore either. And it was... Uh, tough for them to try to find their quarterback situation. The defense was propping that team up for a while. That's not even playing well. So just a bad situation all around. Yeah, the defense has actually become a flat-out liability. You know, no Jalen Ramsey, uh, no Telvin Smith all year. Guys like Calais Campbell are up in age, and they have some contracts that are not great. They do have a lot of draft capital, though. Remember, they have the Rams' first-round pick and as well as the, the, the following year. So um, it might not be the least attractive job except for what's ownership like, what's the status of the team. But there are some assets to build the team in the new GM coach's likeness. 
I think the quarterback situation, though, is one of the worst in the league. Like, I, I don't like either one of those guys. They're, they're in that unfortunate situation yeah. where they no probably won too many games. They're not going to get one of the top couple of quarterbacks in this draft. And they could end up in that purgatory situation where they have a veteran quarterback that they paid money because they like and they think he's good or good enough. And but they bid the young... against no one for him. They were right. the only one that thought that. <laughs> and I think <laughs> you know? they thought they had that defense from a few years ago, and they thought he was going to mm-hmm. take them. And and you know, and look, if they had him in the Bortles years, maybe, maybe that right. would have helped quite a bit. Um, but he was winning a Super Bowl for Philly at the at that time. And Gardner Minshew is a nice story as a rookie late round pick, but is he the guy? Guy? I don't think he's shown that. I like what I've seen from him. Maybe you have two long-term backups that you're treating as two potential long-term starters, and that's just going to kick the can down the road a little bit for your quarterback situation, and it's not going to help. And they've already gone through that with Blake Bertles. Right. That's exactly how I see it. Is I, I feel like this regime thinks they have two great assets, and they can trade one for a lot, and, boy, they have a wonderful problem on their hands, where my hunch is the new group, and what I think is – like you said, they have two backups. We've got to talk about some other things here. I don't know if you have any final thoughts on the Jaguars. Um, if do, I feel like ownership there and Khan is a guy that he genuinely wants to win. I feel like there is, um, you know, he's trying to do things like build a base in even another country. Like he's trying to expand the Jaguars name and value and so on the surface i feel like it's not a terrible organization i mean you're not going to be a big market team in jacksonville but the way the nfl is structured if you do things right you can still win in a smaller market and it seems like they would be able to pay enough and and it's not like salary restraints are going to be a problem for the jaguars so they could still win in jacksonville right yeah, I need to examine their cap situation a little better, but they overspent heavily the last two years, and they may have kicked the can down the road a little more than I realize. Um, the fan base, the town, like you said, isn't ideal. I mean, you're never going to have a wonderful home field advantage, but it's not like baseball. It's not like, boy, we're a small market. We're just you know the farm system for the Yankees. Sure, they can win with the right football guy in there. All right, let's move on to the Pro Bowl. There is one player, I think there's one name that stands out that is not there that is very interesting, and then there's a few that maybe should be in that are out, which is usually the case with the Pro Bowl, which is now in Orlando, Florida, which is not quite the same destination as Hawaii used to be anyway. So at some point, I feel like you got to scrap the whole thing, but we'll get to more of that in just a moment. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcasts for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at BD Peacock or at Williamson NFL on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. The 2020 Pro Bowl rosters are official, Matt, and I know a lot of names are going to be added to this, so some players that are snubs and are on that uh, list of alternate players will get a chance to play in the Pro Bowl. Super Bowl teams are obviously not going to be there, and those Super Bowl teams usually have a lot of representatives. It's not even as fun of, a, of an event for the players, right? Because you don't even get to go to Hawaii anymore. It's in Orlando, which is, I mean, right. not to uh, crap on the city of Orlando, but it's not quite the same destination as Hawaii. 
No, right. I mean, I, I, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl since I was in grade school. I used to love them as a kid, but, I mean, it's a bad event. I don't think they should even play the game. Yep. All that being said, though, I mean, there's three different sources in which this, this list was built. It is an honor, and I want to see the right people honored. So, right. I mean, it, it matters. It matters for the honor. That's the, that's the biggest thing, and yeah. guys that get the credit they deserve, and that's important. And sometimes, you know, fans fans don't do a great job of voting a lot, and I think a lot of players get voted no. in off reputation. It's like, that name's familiar. I'm going to vote for that one. And most of these votes happen, what, two-thirds into the season, so a lot of the season doesn't even count. You're getting credit for years past a lot of times, so you get in a year late. It's two more games. Right. <laughs> yeah. And when did you uh, – voting was open, what, a month ago? So, um, right. yeah, and you get you get a lot of players that get in a year late, which essentially happens quite a bit. And uh, there's some thoughts on how – you're too long too, right. at times. Yes. Especially it, if you're an offensive lineman or, you know, it's <laughs> not a high-profile position. Well, let's start with the AFC quarterbacks because I think it's the most okay. interesting position group and the guy who got the most votes, which I think everybody got right here, was Baltimore quarterback – Lamar Jackson, he was the highest vote getter of all the players in the NFL. He is joined by Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson when that uh, quarterback group skews young. And there's one name that stands out that's not in there. For the first time since 2006, Matt, Tom Brady is not a pro bowler. Yeah, and he wouldn't have even crossed my mind as being considered. And I'm not you know, bashing the old dude or anything like that, but he's clearly not one of the top three the only the, the guy that I think that, that probably deserved it was Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Over Watson. And again, so he didn't start until week seven. Right. And again, he had that. He's had a great run. But I mean, his name wasn't even in consideration for a lot of people when they first started voting for this thing, which is another reason why you might need to wait a little bit before you actually get these votes even started. Let alone, I mean, baseball's worse when they start. They start in, I believe it's May 1st or something like that. Start voting yeah. for the All-Star game. You get a month of ball to watch, and you start voting for it. It's crazy. It's a popularity contest, and, and some <laughs> players definitely don't get in that deserve it. And uh, the game is usually pretty bad, too. I would like to see a skills competition. I'd rather see right. I, I talked about this a little bit with uh, a guest on the 49ers show, and... like I would want, These guys are great athletes. I want to see like a dunk contest. I want to see them... I want to see a long snapper distance and accuracy competition, right? I'd, I'd rather see that than the game. I want to see yeah, how far yeah, how far can a guy really kick a football? These are the best punters in the world. How far can you actually kick it? Like, let's see let's see how good of athletes these guys are because the game's going to be trash anyway. I, I would much rather see these guys competing in a slow-pitch softball home run derby than actually playing a game <laughs> right, of football. Right, right. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And it's funny, you brought up baseball, and it never really dawned on me, but, like, you can be the best baseball player in the whole major league system the second half of the year and not get an all-star vote, you know? Right, yeah. So not <laughs> only is it only half the season, they start voting well before the halfway point of the first half of the season. So Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's a nutty thing. Um, wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, and Tyreek Hill. I'm a little bit surprised that Landry got in there. Yeah, I am too. How about Cortland Sutton? Yes. Ooh, that's a good name. I would absolutely swap Sutton for Jarvis Landry there. Yeah. I, I, I can't come up with any other names that are jumping out at me. You know, Tennessee comes to mind, but A.J. Brown's only just kind of started to really turn it on. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. Edelman, maybe. I mean, Edelman's been pretty darn good. 
Absolutely, yes. Um, offensive line, Ronnie Stanley, I think he's doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. Yeah, he's, he's the best pass-blocking tackle in the NFL. Laramie Tunsil getting the call. And Oakland Raiders, Trent Brown, who hasn't played since week 11 and has just been sent to IR. So Trent Brown's definitely not playing in the game. I don't have any qualms with that. That seems like a pretty good list. You know, I'm scanning the AFC in my head. I um, was thinking about the two Colts guys, but I don't think those are huge snubs or anything like that. I think that's a pretty solid unit. The AFC guard position is a tough one to break through because you've got the young guy in Quentin Nelson now who's probably the best guard in the NFL already. David DeCastro, who's been playing at such a high level for a long time. Marshall Yonda for the Baltimore Ravens, and there's your three guards. Yeah, right. I mean, I know Shaq Mason's been in that conversation in the past. He seems like he's a little down. That's a pretty good group. I mean, it's hard to argue with those three. The Pittsburgh Steelers getting another nod with Marquise Pouncey at center and the Raiders having a second offensive lineman, Rodney Hudson. I think Hudson's a great player. Pouncey's interesting, and this one hits a little bit close to home because he is the 35th or 36th ranked center by pro football focus. And for some reason, every year he grades incredibly poorly on pro football focus. And I'm not bashing them. I go to their site almost every day. But I don't understand it. I mean, I've watched every snap of this guy. The Steelers adore him. He goes to the Pro Bowl every year. He passes the eyeball test to me. But for some reason, he, they have 34, 35 guys, not even like – I mean, people that are backups have uh, ahead of him on their list. I, I don't understand the – and I'm not going to say hatred because they don't, they're not a, a partial jury. It's just <laughs> – I, I don't know how they grade him. But it's been talked about a lot here this week. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Here's something. Should there even be a fullback with how little fullbacks are used around the league? Get somebody else that's a more impactful player in another position rather than bringing along, say, Patrick Ricard of the Baltimore Ravens, a fullback. Yeah. Your boy, Juszczyk, though, has right. an argument. He though. does. I mean, yeah. and he gets in every year. Add an extra guy. <laughs> he's the best fullback in the league. But at the yeah. same time, he still is less impactful, I think, for the 49ers, as good as he is than, you know, maybe some of the quarterbacks or defensive linemen that we might talk about getting snubbed. So just an interesting thing to throw out. And the kick, just throw out all the kicking game. Don't even kick the ball in the game, right? Don't have punts, <laughs> right. don't have field goals, no long snappers. Uh, but those guys need to get their names recognized, though. So I, I get that, too. That's a tough one, though. I don't know that anyone knows who the best long snapper <laughs> in the league is. I, uh, I'm going to bring up a name for you, and I didn't know it before I read it off this list. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, okay. AFC running backs... Nick Chubb for the Browns, Derrick Henry in Tennessee, and Baltimore Ravens again, who led this thing. I think they have 12 guys in this year, Mark Ingram. Austin Eckler, but I, I yes. mean, he's not a full-time player. I think Leonard Fournette might have had the best year of all of them. It's just in a terrible situation. I would take Eckler. I think that's a great call, and I think fantasy football players are more on the Eckler train maybe than somebody who's mm -hmm. voting for the Pro Bowl and doesn't play fantasy football and maybe don't realize how good of a guy he is and thought of as a backup. He's a phenomenal player and has been phenomenally valuable and can, you know, I mean, a lot of times you look at, okay, who's got the most rushing yards? Boom, boom, boom. Let's vote for these guys, but mm -hmm. um, he does major damage in the passing game. I don't think I would put Eckler in front of Chubb, Mark Ingram, or Derrick Henry, though. Ingram's the one that I yeah. don't love. And I, I mean, I'd put Fournette over Ingram. If, if there was a player I would put somebody ahead of, it would be Ingram for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the defense in the AFC. We've got Joey Bosa. Can we do tight ends in the AFC? Oh, no, or, you're right. I skipped uh, tight ends. Skip that. Sorry. Uh, Travis Kelsey obviously is in, and Mark Andrews, another Baltimore Raven, getting in two tight ends. Hard to argue with that. I mean, Darren Waller comes to mind as having a great year. 
Um, but how do you keep Kelsey or Andrews out? That's a pretty good group. Right, yeah, I don't think I can argue with either one of those for sure. Uh, defensive ends, Joey Bosa, Frank Clark, which I would have some minor qualms yeah. with there, and Calais Campbell are your defensive ends in the AFC. I think NFC was a little bit more difficult on the on the uh, defensive line with guys who got snubbed in this one. Um, Joey Bosa, obviously... Deserves to get in, I think. He led all vote-getters at the position. Frank Clark, though, off to a slow start, doesn't hasn't had a great season. Calais Campbell's had much better seasons than he had this year. That's an interesting group. I'm trying to think of the names I would maybe put in ahead of of those guys. I mean, Miles Garrett would have been in there. I mean, you can't do it now, obviously. Yannick Ndokwe comes to mind. Um, I'm, I'm straining a little bit, though. I mean... There's not like, boy, that guy's great. And and we talked about Clark earlier uh, this week with the Locked On Chiefs host. Yeah, He's starting to come on, but he hasn't had a Pro Bowl year to date. No, not at all. And is Garrett's suspension make him ineligible to even just be named for this list? Uh, probably. I'm, I'm guessing yes. Okay. Interior defensive line. Cam Hayward from the Steelers, Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs, and yep, Geno yep. Atkins from the Bengals. Pretty good group. Yep. Pretty good group. Yeah, Chris Jones uh, playing uh, at a super high level for the Chiefs, the best player on that defense for sure. Cam Hayward and uh, Geno Atkins just continue to be very good players that they've been for pretty much their entire careers. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm straining to find somebody, you know, scan each division thinking, you know, who's who's the, the snub there, and I think they got that one right. Let's take a look at... Let's see, what position group are we on here? Linebackers. Vaughn Miller gets another nod. TJ Watt gets a lot of Stealers on this one. Uh, Steeler defense. Yeah. And Matt well, Judon. offensive lineman, too. Right. And uh, Matt Judon, who's had a nice season for the Baltimore Ravens. Another Raven in there. So Miller, Watt, Judon are the outside linebackers. On the inside linebackers, we've got Darius Leonard and Dante Hightower. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, again, I'm... Racking my brain here just to, to be critical. I'd like to be. I'd like to have some great name that they missed, but I, I think that's a pretty strong group. Um, Tremaine Edmonds comes to mind, though. I'm a little smitten with this guy. I think he's going to be the best linebacker in the league before long. I don't know that he outplayed those guys this year on the inside, but I would take him over all of them. Definitely a player coming on and ascending, and I would bet money that he's on this list next year. A lot, yeah. I think he'll be on. He's, he's like 20 years old. A really good group of cornerbacks in the AFC. Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots. Tredavious White from the Buffalo Bills. Marlon Humphrey They're from no the Baltimore Raiders. Ravens. And then an interesting one, Marcus Peters, who spent part of his season in the other conference and has come on for the Baltimore Ravens quite a bit. But that, that name surprised me just a little bit, even though he's been playing really well with the Ravens. Didn't play that great for the Rams. Peters is the only one you can even have an argument with. Yes. I mean, maybe Chris Harris. I mean, he's been pretty darn good. Um, the Steelers, two guys are okay, but not at that level. And then I'm straining. So I would take Chris Harris over Marcus Peters. I mean, Marcus Peters was on, wasn't in the AFC all that long. I have noticed there's a couple fan bases in Baltimore comes to mind that they vote pretty heavy. Yes, that's, that's become clear here, uh, reading off these names. Baltimore comes comes strong there yeah, how about nice this work. so Jalen Ramsey he gets in for the NFC but Ramsey deserves it as much for the AFC over Peters as Peters does right and then yeah that's kind of a curious situation <laughs> that's kind of a wild one in which team you play for and uh, I don't know that's uh, I guess you have to do it the way that they, they did it here 
Yeah, whatever team you're on now. Right. Uh, the safety position, we've got Mika Fitzpatrick and Earl Thomas at free safety. Only three combined safeties. The only strong safety on the list is Jamal Adams. And uh, Fitzpatrick and Adams, absolutely. Earl Thomas hasn't been the player he has been in the past. Um, I'm trying to think of who would be the free safety to put in there in front of Earl Thomas, but Mika Fitzpatrick. I hate that they do free and strong because like, most teams don't even play that anymore. And you interchange know, like... it. And here's the other thing. So you have three safeties are are basically – so, are, is Earl Thomas going to show up to the Pro Bowl and play if the if the Baltimore Ravens don't make the Super Bowl? Is Earl Thomas going to show up to the Pro Bowl and play ninety percent of the game? No, you know of course what I mean. Not. <laughs> so, <laughs> these these rosters are kind of crazy. I think they might have to expand. You know what they should do is just make all the alternates Pro Bowlers also not play the game, recognize everybody. That way, you don't have any snubs. I'll show up and have a big party and right. a skills competition. And send Erwin James would have been. He missed too much of the year. Right. Kevin Byard's one of my all time favorite safeties. But there you go. That's a yeah, good one. Yeah, he's a good one. he's a very good player. And by and send these guys to Hawaii. Yeah, right? <laughs> they, got the earned money. they earned it. Don't send them to Orlando. <laughs> uh, AFC special teams, Justin Tucker, long snapper Morgan Cox, both Ravens, and punter Brett Kern from the Tennessee Titans, return specialist Mikol Hardman, and uh, just a special team designation, a gunner type of designation for Matthew Slater of the Patriots. I have no comment. That sounds like the names. I know Tucker's only missed one kick. Slater's always on this list. Ravens long snapper, they're good voters. You know what? Yeah, they packed the ballot box. I don't, I don't believe in them. Morgan Cox vote come on ravens fans went too far with that one uh all right we we've got to move on to the nfc here and get quick in the uh segment number three now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend they always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet so if you're going to bet this season do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at MyBookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. NFC, I think there's more snubs in the NFC, and I think it's just because the NFC is a little bit better this year, top to bottom. Let's start with quarterbacks. We've got Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers is the one that you could argue maybe Dak Prescott, maybe yeah, even uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has had a heck of a year. I mean, I think he would be my pick. I mean, Dak's been really good. I don't know how you put Rodgers in. With respect to Breeze, I know he's the hot name, but didn't he miss five games? He did. You're right. Yeah, and he's been phenomenal, but he did miss five games. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. So um, I'm going to go Dak, Cousins, and Wilson. Oh, okay. Kirk or Dak, Dak? That's tough. Would you go Kirk or Dak if you could only pick one over Rodgers? I think Cousins. Yeah. But Dak's high points were pretty high this year. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, who is now injured, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. The NFC's loaded with backs. You know, Barkley didn't deserve it this year. 
Uh, Chris Carson had a good year. Aaron Jones had a good year. But I think those three are, you know, perennial Pro Bowl type guys. Absolutely. Kyle Juszczyk, best fullback in the NFL, gets in yep. there for the 49ers. And wide receivers. We've got Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. So the Bucks getting two wide receivers in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams missed too much time. Amari Cooper was really up and down. Right. Some injuries uh, for Cooper keep him out, I list. think. It's a great None list. of the Rams for me. Lockett had a down stretch there. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty strong group. DJ Moore wasn't terrible, but I wouldn't put him in over those guys. DJ Moore quietly is putting up a really good season and could even be really? among the top couple of uh, wide receivers as far as yardage by the end of the year if he stays on this pace. Yeah. He's been really good. Quite He's kind of like that Cortland Sutton pick in the AFC. Right. Those guys are going to go in next year. Mm-hmm. Offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, Tyron Smith, and Teron Armstead. That sure seems like a solid group that's probably more reputation than production this year. Uh, Those are probably the Ram three Chuck I would have in picked. New Orleans. Yeah, Ramchek's done well. I would have picked probably the three that got in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them fell on their face. Uh, Teron Armstead has had some injuries, but otherwise, yeah, it's right. a good group. Lane Johnson's another guy that's kind of chalky. That's yeah. really good. But Lane Johnson, that's a great call. Um, guard, Zach Martin, Brandon Brooks, and Brandon Sheriff. No qualms there. That's a pretty solid group, and all of them have been very good this year. And center, familiar names, Travis Frederick and Jason Kelsey. I can't bump any of those interior guys you mentioned. Yeah, it's hard to bump those guys out. Uh, similar situation. I mean, tight end is, is too easy. There was really no other choice to make besides George Kittle and Zach Ertz. You know what? Austin Hooper. Hooper, right? Hooper and Cook definitely had some good seasons. Yeah. I don't think you could put either in above Ertz. No. Kittle definitely goes. Yeah. Ertz versus Hooper is an argument, but Hooper missed some time recently. The defensive side of the ball for the NFC defensive end. Only three of them. Cam Jordan. Nick Bosa, who actually led all defensive players in voting for a rookie, which is surprising, and Danielle Hunter. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. It's a good group. There's a lot of good defensive linemen you really could make arguments for, I think. Yeah, that's a pretty strong group. I mean, I, I'm, again, scrolling through the divisions here, thinking if there's somebody that was an obvious snub, but those names are really, really strong. A lot of 49ers fans are mad about Eric Armstead. He's got 10 sacks. He's been very good. I understand the 49ers. that. But, uh, but he's been really good. It's hard to bump the guys that are in there out, and that's kind of the big right. problem. If you're only taking three defensive ends in a, in a position group that's really stacked, and maybe defensive tackle is more stacked than defensive ends in the NFC because, obviously, Aaron Donald's got to go, Fletcher Cox, yep. Grady Jarrett, all phenomenal players, and it's just a tough group to... Tough group to break through. Jared's someone we haven't talked about enough, no. but I, if they had a different type of season, he's not far off defensive player of the year for me. He, he's a great player. He is a great player yeah. that, that us included, the entire football world doesn't talk about enough. Grady Jarrett no. is, is legitimately yeah, I think uh, they will be star. soon, and if they just need to win a little more games. Kenny Clark in Green Bay is one that comes to mind that's a really good player, but I can't put him in over those three. Outside linebacker Chandler Jones – Khalil Mack and Shaquille Barrett. Shaq Barrett having a phenomenal year. Yeah, you can't keep him out with all the sacks. No. Um, again, they're doing pretty well in the NFC, and the NFC is crowded. And essentially, these are defensive ends. These are pass-rushing outside mm-hmm. linebackers. 
the, the two Green Bay, the you know Zadaria Smith and Preston Smith. I would say Zadaria Smith is probably the first name that jumps out in this group mm-hmm. as as someone who's a snub. Yeah, but I'm not sure that he's better than the three they picked. No, I, I, you can't really put him in over these guys. Inside linebacker Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley. I have, I mean, they're awesome players. I kind of think they're like the Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu of this generation for their position. Just so much better than everybody else. Hall of Famers stood the test of time. But another guy that's gets quietly getting a little bit of defensive player of the year buzz is Eric Kendricks in Minnesota. He's really been good. Your boy Fred Warner hasn't mm-hmm. been bad either. Right. Fred Warner's been great, but he's not going to. I mean, he's just never going to get voted, get more votes than uh, Luke right Keekley or or Bobby Wagner. And uh, great call on Eric Kendricks too, having a phenomenal year and 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 might deserve it right now. Actually, over Keekley, mm-hmm. over maybe both of them. Yeah. I mean, he's really been good. It covers a lot of ground. Defensive backs, cornerback. We've got Marshawn Lattimore from New Orleans, Richard Sherman from San Francisco, Darius Slay from the Detroit Lions, and Jalen Ramsey from the Los Angeles Rams. Star-studded group there. Star-studded group, and you know Jones in Dallas hasn't been as good as you know he was a year ago. Um, man, it, it, it's not a wonderful group to be honest with you in the NFC. There, Patrick Peterson can't be on the list this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not somebody that is phenomenal. Jari Alexander comes to mind. Uh, those Viking corners have been terrible. Yeah, the Vikings. So, cor- uh, yeah. I've been really surprised that. Xavier Rhodes, one of the better cornerbacks in the oh, league. I've man. loved his game for a long time, and he's having a rough go giving up big plays. Yeah, he, I mean, he's one of – it's like time to replace him at that point with him, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe a scheme that's more cover three type zone where he can use his length, keep guys in front of him, and, and less man. He's, he's, I don't think he's that guy anymore. Where And he's kind of too big. He's, he just can't travel with mm-hmm. guys anymore. You know, he doesn't have those quicks to just – Doesn't transition as well anymore. Right. That, that big body type. And good call on Alexander. He would have gone in for me if we did this at the halfway point. Hasn't had as good second half as first half. Free safety. Buda Baker getting the call for the Arizona Cardinals. And oh, I Eddie, like that one. Yeah, I love that one. And Eddie Jackson for the Chicago Bears. That might be a little bit of reputation on Jackson, who I thought might have been the best safety in the league last year. But that works. I mean, he, he was phenomenal last year. He's been good this year. Just not as many big plays. I mean, that's a pretty good group. Uh, you know, a safety you didn't mention for the AFC, Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. Deserves mm, some good consideration. One. Good young player there. Um, Terry McLaurin for rookie wide receivers. Didn't mention wide receiver uh, snubs, but Terry McLaurin is one that's interesting to me because, and, and DK Metcalf having a phenomenal rookie year. I don't yeah. think those guys would get in, but just a couple of names that deserve a, a little bit of recognition here. Yeah, they're worth throwing out there for sure. Some of these good young wide receivers from the last couple of draft classes we've talked about. And then strong safety. Again, one strong safety in Harrison Smith. Uh, that's kind of a Keekly Wagner pick. Matt, what's your scouting report on Rick Lovato? Uh, he must be a long snapper, right? <laughs> yes, yes, he is the He's Philadelphia awesome. Eagles so long good. snapper. I mean, He's he could snap it through a brick wall, this guy. Yeah, love that guy. Yeah. Uh, Will, Lutz. <laughs> Will Lutz. Kicker for the New Orleans Saints in there. Tressway, punter in Washington, return return specialist, Deontay Harris, who's got unbelievable quicks, and the special team, just the the random special teamer designation goes to Cordero Patterson, who has been one of the better special teams players for his entire career. this generation, yeah. Such a weird player, drafted as a wide receiver, has all that size and speed and athletic ability, and turns out to be a really good like gunner on and, and kick return guy, but 
could never put it together as just a pure wide receiver. Yeah, and I think his ability to learn a route tree is a little questionable, but you get him in his hands in space. He's one of the better returners I've ever seen. Right. He He's like 6'2", 220, but plays the game like a 5'10", 185-pounder. Yeah. You want to see something that's really impressive is YouTube his – Tennessee volunteer highlights. Wow. Oh, you know, it's like, yes, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I loved Cordero Patterson coming out. I thought he was going to be amazing. And he, I think he was like a junior college transfer. So he didn't play. I think he maybe only played one year, maybe two years at Tennessee came out early. And it, I mean, he just, when the ball was in his hands in college, it was unfair. And right. Fortunately, didn't and, develop the rest of his game as a receiver. No, it never really refined things, but he has a role. Yeah. And a nice career, nice long career for Cordero Patterson. <laughs> He's one of those guys that every coach says, I'll work with that. And then you realize yeah. he doesn't get it. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you, you know, he's your kickoff returner. Give him a reverse once in a while. So the big story here, the Baltimore Ravens, far and away the most players. 12 players voted to the Pro Bowl. The next highest team, I believe, was six with the Kansas City Chiefs and wow. five for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean, Ravens deserve it. Um, kudos to their fans, too, getting out there and stuffing the ballot boxes. I like it. Seven, seven Saints. That was the second most of the New Orleans Saints. They deserve Mm, to have quite a few as well. All right, we're out of time here, Matt. Good stuff. We will be back tomorrow making our Thursday night game this week. Yeah, no Thursday night. We got Saturday games, though. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We'll break down all those games, make our picks tomorrow right here. Locked on NFL.